Happy Spring Equinox on the podcast today. Surrey's Board of Trade is stepping up to help fundraise for Ukraine. How's the airline industry doing coming out of the pandemic? And are you going camping this summer? The new BC Camp website is ready to take bookings. Camping season is just around the corner and starting tomorrow, a new booking system will be in place. My guest now is George Heyman, the BC Minister of Environment and Climate Change Strategy, here to talk about the new system and about this year's camping season. Minister Heyman, good morning. Good morning, Reggie. How are you? I'm great. Happy spring. Thank you for giving us time this Sunday morning. Uh, Let's start with understanding the terrain and trends. When you look at stats and analytics from year to year, uh, what have you noticed with the number of campers in BC? Well, we've noticed a huge increase in the number of of campers, a 200% increase in demand in the last 10 years, and in particular, the last two years. You know, COVID really impacted people. People weren't traveling. Uh, so we had a lot of people rediscovering camping and we had a lot of new British Columbians discovering it for the first time. Demand's gone up and we're investing $83 million over three years to uh, build new campsites, rehabilitate existing ones, build new trails and uh, generally improve the experience in parks. And this new reservation system is going to be part of it. Okay, 200% increase is uh, is massive, obviously. So at what kind of condition are these campsites in? How are our trails doing? Well, you know, it... it it, it's a mixed bag. In some cases, they need uh, they need brushing out. They need uh, they need care. In some cases, we want to build new trails, and in some cases, we've seen some really significant impacts on uh, various uh, parks from uh, from rains, uh, from flooding, uh, and from uh, from fire in some cases. So. Uh, we have, for instance, the very popular Berg Lake Trail has to be closed this year. It's just not safe. So we're going to concentrate uh, some of our work in improving that uh, the trail safety, rebuilding some bridges and, and trails, and we're going to open it in segments starting in 2023. Okay, now let's talk about the new booking system for campsites. What's changed? Well, everything's changed. We have a brand new site. We have a brand new service provider, and this is directly a result of hearing clearly from uh, from campers over the last two years that uh, the site wasn't working for them. It wasn't flexible. It wasn't user-friendly. Yeah. Uh, people were, were feeling like they had to log out and log in and log out and log in. And, yes. Uh, we monitor social media, but we also talked to hundreds of campground uh, campers and uh, park operators over the the last year. So what we have, and, and it's up, it's going live for reservation tomorrow morning, but I would encourage people to go to the site now, camping.bcparks.ca, because it is open so people can familiarize themselves with it. They can set up their own user account. They can save booking preferences. So what's new? First of all, um, If there are a lot of people using the site, you'll be put in a queue, much the same way that people waiting for uh, vaccinations were put in. They were told what place they were in the queue and about how much time they had to wait. So we get over that frustration and uncertainty factor. The second part is we have uh, many more pictures of the the parks, the campgrounds, and and the campsites. So people get a better sense of of what their options are. Okay. And, and are those, finally, sorry, are those pictures from users or from the campsites in in, in particular? 
well, we're, we're collecting and adding all the time. These are pictures that are uploaded by BC Park staff or provided by okay. park operators to BC Park staff. But mostly it's just very flexible. We have uh, more flexible search options. So you may pick either a park or any, or you may just say all parks. You pick the dates you want. You say how many people are in your party. And if you have one or two tents, and then you can choose to get a list of all the parks or go to a map of BC and the map is a park by park color coded for availability and you can click on the particular park if you don't see the dates you want available you can bring up a calendar and you will see which dates are available so you can choose them or you can look at a different park that has uh, more availability or is fully available so there are lots of options once you enter the basic information and uh, we also have, and I think this is really important, we have a spot on the upper right of the uh, the landing page where people can give us feedback. They can tell us what's working, what they'd like to see improved. Uh, if they really don't like a feature and they'd like it changed, uh, give us the feedback because we have an agreement with our new provider that we can update the site on a on a regular monthly basis. Okay, so it can be more responsive to users. Uh, you mentioned also that some of the flexibility there uh, will offer better search options. Are you expecting the site to crash tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not expecting the site to crash tomorrow. And, and what many people thought was a crash was just abs- actually that uncertainty about whether they were getting in or not. The queuing function will help with that. Look, I'm never going to tell anyone that uh, something on the internet isn't going to crash. We've all experienced it. But one of the things we've built into this new system is surge capacity for periods of time where we expect heavy uh, heavy booking. Uh, we've also changed booking to a two-month window, so people wanting to book in August aren't going to go online uh, tomorrow oh, okay. because they can't they can't book any further than a date that starts two months in advance so we're we put in a number of measures to handle demand and uh, we're expecting it to work we've also added to our call center services people will have uh, more operators available there's a web chat function there's going to be more park info we're really doing our best to be service oriented uh, modernized up-to-date, flexible, and serving the many British Columbians who want to get out and enjoy BC Parks this summer. So go to the site today if, if you're interested, get familiar, and then log on tomorrow or any time after that to book your vacation. Okay, so people can actually book today. You're just suggesting that they familiarize themselves with the site. They can't book till tomorrow morning, but the the site is uh, up and they can familiarize themselves with it so they won't have to learn as they go tomorrow. Okay, that's a good tip. And in general, are you expecting that there's going to be an increase in campers this summer? Are you expecting it to stay the same? What's What, what are you anticipating? Uh, I expect there's going to be a steady increase and increase in camping over the years. It's very popular. I, you know, it's hard to say because people have more travel flexibility this year than they've had for the last couple, but uh, nothing beats uh, getting out with your family and friends to a, a BC park, whether it's for a weekend or whether it's for a week. Uh, it's beautiful in British Columbia, and uh, these parks belong to us. I'm going to put you on the spot. You better answer this question. What's your favorite place to camp? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, one of the places that I've I've never camped, but I really want to go to is uh, to do the the Bower and Lake uh, circuit. But I will say that Golden Ears is incredible. It's also incredibly popular. So uh, people want to get there, um, pick a time in advance, and uh, and go and book it. Golden Ears. Okay, I've heard that one before from people. Um, I also wanted to ask you what's being done around the forest fire season regarding camping. Well, we never know where fires are going to strike. We, we've uh, increased the capacity since last year. We now have a year-round wildfire service. We've done a lot of work with uh, uh, using uh, traditional Indigenous methods of, uh, of burning as well as prescribed burning to try to reduce the fuels. But uh, if a fire is threatening a park, uh, it is going to be shut down and people are going to be asked to leave. Safety is always paramount. Minister, thank you so much for being with us uh, this morning. My pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Over three weeks of war in Ukraine and around three million displaced persons who fled the country already. It can all make you feel kind of helpless over on this side of the world. Well, the Surrey Board of Trade, along with the Ukrainian Orthodox Church of St. Mary, is coming together to host a pancake meal today. And joining us is CEO of the Surrey Board of Trade, Anita Haberman. Good morning, Anita. Good morning. Hey, Anita, do you know the Ukrainian population of Surrey, the the numbers? I don't. Um, You know, I do know that there's a significant number, um, but I don't know specifically. But uh, we're doing everything we can uh, as a business organization to support uh, those in need. And really, it's uh, Camellia Residences, uh, one of our members that is uh, putting, uh, you know, their... Uh, organization forward. We're promoting it. Uh, today is the fundraiser uh, from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Uh, at Camellia Residences in partnership with the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. It's a pancake breakfast and uh, $10 suggested donation per ticket. Okay, and how did uh, the idea for this pancake fundraiser come about? Well, Camellia Residences, uh, they wanted to be able to do something. You know, I think they have a significant number of uh, Ukrainians as as part of their facility, their retirement facility, but they want to give back to the community. And we've had so many of our members uh, that have said, you know, we want to give back to the community. Uh, So Camellia Residences, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, um, they reached out to the Surrey Board of Trade, said, can you promote this uh, as a business organization? You know, we all need to come together uh, for what is happening on the other side of the world. Yeah, how did you work to get the word out and uh, what's the expected outcome? Well, we, of course, utilized our very significant distribution network, uh, of course, uh, by email to, to members, uh, to different contacts, uh, through social media streams, and, uh, and really through word of mouth. I mean, everyone wants to do something, and the expected outcome today is really a significant crowd of uh, VIP dignitaries, in addition to uh, the business community, in addition to uh, the community in general, attending this uh, pancake meal, which is, you know, hashtag Stand With Ukraine fundraiser today. That's great. And you mentioned $10, but I imagine you'll, you'll be receiving donations that are, you're happy to receive donations greater than that amount, right? 
Absolutely. And uh, the cash, check, credit card. We uh, take it all. We take it all. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And Anita, I think some people might think, oh, pancakes? I mean, how's that going to raise enough money to help Ukraine? But I have found that, in fact, food is exactly the way to bring people together. And it sounds like this uh, pancake uh, fundraiser event, that it might be about more than just raising money. Well, it's about making sure that we're recognizing what is happening on the other side of the world. And when people come together for a cause, and Surrey is very good at that, uh, you know, coming together for a cause and and giving back. And uh, so I imagine you're right. Uh, people are going to be giving way more uh, than $10 uh, you know, which is the donation per ticket, the suggested donation, at least at minimum. Yeah, Anita, what are you hearing from local Ukrainians in Surrey? Well, we're hearing concern. Uh, We're hearing, um, you know, why is this happening? Um, You know, we're just coming out of the pandemic. Why why do we have to face this? And, um, of course, there's such anger against Russia. Um, you know, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce, our head office uh, in Ottawa, uh, the whole nation's chambers and boards of trades, there's 430 of us, um, significant Ukrainian diaspora within Canada. Um, you know, we're, we're all upset, you know, for Ukrainians and, and we're readying ourselves as a business community for refugees to ensure that they have the supports that they need, just like we did with the Syrian refugees, with the Afghanistan refugees. Um, we have, uh, I had a manufacturer approach me on Friday and they said, you know, when they come, we have 30 jobs ready for them. Wow. A lumber manufacturer. I have five jobs. Anita, if you need anything, you just let us know. Wow, that's really incredible. We also know that for refugees, for displaced persons, that when they are when they arrive soon after, that um, having work is really what helps them integrate into society. So, how can um, Surrey Board of Trade kind of facilitate that going forward once that starts to happen? Well, there's two mechanisms. Um, on our website at businessinsurrey.com, we started a Ukraine page. Um, and so that's for the general population uh, within Canada, but also for Ukrainians um, to talk about, uh, you know, what are the options available to them uh, in terms of the special immigration program. We have an employer bridge uh, that articulates what I've already said. You know, these are uh, the jobs, um, you know, these are available to you. You just need to apply. You just need to contact them. Um, and, of course, the federal government um, on this Ukraine page, uh, they've also identified a very similar employer bridge uh, type of program. Uh, so employers that are hiring, they can input their opportunity. Um, Ukrainian job seekers uh, can, uh, you know, identify the opportunities that they want. Uh, if they need housing, um, you know, it's an all-in-one portal that we created uh, here at the Surrey Board of Trade. But like we did with the Syrian refugees, uh, I was co-chair of Surrey's local immigration table at that time. We are coming together as a community to make sure housing, um, uh, career pathways, uh, at least 
next. Um, you know, all of the supports that they need are available, um, at least in Surrey, but at least uh, also in British Columbia. That's incredible. I've also heard of a lot of uh, families offering to host that are based in Surrey, um, and many of them not being Ukrainian. I appreciate that you mentioned uh, Syrian and Afghan refugees as well. Um, We've seen people step up to help Ukrainians around the world really quickly. People really jumped into motion. It's made some people think about whether... um, we apply that empathy equally for all people fleeing a dangerous situation in the world. Do you think that Surrey residents might look to organize um, as quickly for other groups in the future based upon what we're going through right now with learning how to help Ukrainians? Well, I think we have a, a very good precedent uh, in Surrey about you know coming together and helping a cause. Um, I think we can do better. Um, you know, even for local populations, like our homeless, for example. Um, there's so many um, individuals that are facing unique needs, and uh, there's so much locally that we could do for uh, for Canadians, uh, you know, for example. But, uh, you know, the South Asian community, you know, I'm, I'm South Asian. Uh, you know, we, we uh, always step up. Uh, 30% of our population in Surrey is South Asian. Uh, and, I, you know, this is a community that gives, 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 uh, you know, for causes, for communities in need. And, uh, and we have a good uh, perspective on being able to come together in the future uh, for, for different uh, people that are in need. Anita, just before I let you go, could you please run the uh, details down for us just so that anyone who's listening and wants to head out to this event today in Surrey has the information they need? Sure. So uh, today from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at Camellia Residences, 10928-132 Street, uh, you can go and uh, help us. Uh, support Ukrainians through donations uh, with a pancake uh, meal. Uh, cash, check, credit card donations will be accepted. Uh, street parking is available in front of the residence along 132 Street. For more information, uh, you can go to businessinsurrey.com. Love it. Thank you so much for being with us this morning, Anita. Thank you. Have a good Sunday. With the price of fuel soaring, you got to wonder, what can we expect with flight prices and a return to normal for the aviation industry? My guest is Jim Scott, the managing partner at Royal Pacific Consulting Group, and he joins us on the line now. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How are you this morning? Doing great. It's spring. We're ready to rock. People are thinking about travel. They're booking those trips and just a lot of people are relieved to hear that travel restrictions are being lifted for international travel return to Canada. You know, but with this pent up demand that we've been hearing about, plus oil prices being so high, I wonder what we can expect to happen with the cost of traveling. Well, travel actually has, um, you know, forces making it go up as far as the price of tickets and also forces in Canada that are making it go down which are very unique to Canada. So just to go over what's making it go up higher is in Canada, it always goes up on the holidays uh, for summertime and for spring break now. And I mean considerably like twice as much. So uh, those are times that the airfares just go up. We have fuel prices. Now fuel prices have decreased significantly uh, on 
March the 14th. And uh, I think, you know, towards the end of, you know, the spring, we're going to see uh, the fuel prices kind of reach a, a normality maybe by the end of the summer, but they've gone down significantly uh, just in the last little while. Uh, they did, but they are twice as high as they were last year. So that's about a 7% increase to uh, airlines. And then the airlines have an increased costs that are being put on them by NAV Canada and, and debt, and they're not at their economy at a scale. But to lower the, the prices, there's a, a, um, a selling cycle that if, if passengers know it, they can get very, very good deals. In the old days, airlines had to publish a tariff, and they could only uh, use one uh, rate. The rate is predictable when it goes up and down, so it's just when you buy it. And the other uh, issue in Canada, which is unique, is that we have a lot of new entrants. We have links and porters getting into uh, jets, and we just got Canada Jetlines yeah. announced that going in, and we got Swoop, and we've got Flare expanding, and we've got Air Transat and Sunwing, and of course we've got Air Canada WestJet. And that's putting a lot of demand um, for the market share from these airlines, and they're lowering their prices considerably at certain times in order to attract market share. So okay. there's, there's good good and bad. Yeah, so it's not as wild west as one might think. There's a lot of checks and balances keeping the flight prices uh, kind of within a predictable increase or decrease. Well, that's right. I mean, if you book out at least three weeks and, you know, preferably 90 days out, you're going to find airfares that are very, very inexpensive. If you wait to the last week, it's going to get expensive. And if you want to travel in the summer, you know, this is the time to do it. And just to give you, you know, a quick example, let's say that you wanted to go from Vancouver to Winnipeg and you wanted to fly in the beginning of June. Well, the major air carrier in Canada is $200 and that's with everything. You got to have it with the bag and because there's all these hidden fees, but that's with taxes and a bag. The discount carrier in Canada is $210, so they're about the same. But if you go in closer, the major carrier, if you're going to go this week, is over $700. The discount carrier is $120. Wow. Uh, big difference. And the second carrier in Canada is $715. So obviously the discount carrier has excess capacity and is selling it. Now, if we go back out to that 90-day window into June, one of the major air carriers is selling it for $90 to go uh, for that distance because obviously they have more inventory. But once you get into the summer, um, all the carriers are up. You know, uh, instead of being $200, it's $330. So this is the time to buy for the summer. Try to get out three weeks and shop around to see whose inventory is um, being discounted because what happens is airlines today want to fill the airplane. And they will price uh, to a point where they fill the airplane. And, um, you know, if you can see that they've got some extra capacity in the market, they will lower their, their airfares considerably. So interesting. And is this a domestic flight issue, international or no difference? Uh, well, the, uh, all these carriers in Canada tend to run the, the new ones domestically in what we call transborder, where they go to, into the United States. So it's still for the United States, Caribbean, Mexico, and Canada, not internationally. Internationally is, you know, more done on bilateral routes very often and so on. So there is a reduced amount of competition on those routes. So okay. 
it, it's not so much. But domestically and into the United States and Mexico, yes. Okay. And Jim, you also mentioned booking three weeks out. Is it ever the case, uh, or is it the case often or not, that uh, you, if you book very last minute, you'll get a good deal? Sometimes. I mean, in this one particular case, like if you look at this week, we got one carrier at $120 where everybody else is up over 700 but don't count on it. What you want to do is you want to book out and you want to book on sales. Most uh, carriers will have sales and, uh, you know, they're off 25, 30% off, and that's the time to do it. But sometimes in close, but don't count on it. And in terms of that marketing that you mentioned there, those sales that uh, different carriers announce, how how much are those actually sales? A lot of people wonder if that's just marketing when you see, oh, 20% off to Paris or 30% off all domestic flights, that kind of thing. No, their sales. What they're trying to do is fill up their inventory um, out far, you know, so that they start to build up a momentum. And also, uh, you know, there's a carrier here selling points where you can fly on points and the points are about half what they were uh, normally when you buy them. So that's another way you can buy currency. And, and in that way, uh, you're not um, locked into a specific flight. You're locked into the points. No, they, uh, so the, the answer is no, they're, they're worth the, uh, the benefit. As long as they don't have blackout periods, that, uh, that's the thing to worry about. Okay. Uh, Jim, after 9-11, we saw the airline industry change permanently. How has the global pandemic affected the industry in like big, broad-sweeping changes that we, we should expect to see stay for a while? Well, I think there's three things. Firstly, infectious diseases, nobody really checked for them. People were sick on airplanes all the time. So yeah. those days those days are gone. Uh, people have now learned to work from home very, very efficiently. So you're going to see less meetings. I mean, it used to be if you wanted to visit government, you had to go to Ottawa and physically go there. Now you just do a conference call. And when I say Ottawa, I'm talking of the, of the government. Uh, so businesses are not going to be uh, traveling as much. Um However, some things like, you know, uh, people are ordering online. So cargo, the huge demand for cargo, I mean, the cargo rates right now are three times what they were pre-pandemic. Um, so you're going to see a while, I think, for the international flying to come back, probably 2024, uh, just because, you know, still 40% of the world's not vaccinated on a worldwide basis, yeah. even though we are doing very well here. So I think the big things is you're going to see reduced in business travel. Um, you're going to see a lot more checking on people's health uh, when they fly. And it's going to take a while before we see the international flying back again. Yeah. Jim Scott, thank you so much for this insight. Very valuable. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Weekend Mornings with Raji Sohal podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to the show live on 980 CKNW from 6 to 9 a.m. every Sunday. Have a great week.